106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Are you gonna get the shot? Um, it doesn't seem worth it to me. Plus, I don't feel like I need the protection when you just look at the numbers. You seriously have no regard for anyone's well-being. I hope you die. During the past couple years, do you routinely find yourself having arguments with people who think the narrative is true? Do you ever worry about getting canceled by the rage mob? And does your propensity to apply logic in conversations with illogical people ever get you in trouble? Well, not anymore, thanks to narrative scripts. Narrative scripts have been developed to help you get along with friends, family, and deranged maniacs who have been brainwashed by the narrative. Watch how they work. Are you gonna get the shot? Of course I am. Politicians who are controlled by drug companies that routinely pay billions of dollars in criminal fines tell me I should. I blindly trust that they're looking out for my best interest, not theirs. I like that you agree with me. Just check out what happens when you're in one of the toughest situations imaginable, talking with a friend who's triple boosted, but still got sick. Yeah, I got pretty sick. I think I got it from my wife. We're both jabbed and triple boosted, and <laughs> I'm so grateful I got them all, because you can only imagine how bad it would have been if I didn't. Well, that sounds so effective that you should probably get another. I will. A quick one from me here in downtown Dallas, just to remind you not to get sucked into the next big thing. You'll know that five minutes ago, we were all supposed to be consumed by COVID. That's all there was on every news channel. Talks of masking, talks of the next variant, deaths, how this was going to impact the economy. And now it's all about Russia and the Ukraine. Look how quickly that news cycle moved on. Look how much the State of the Union address was all about Ukraine. And look how the very people who locked us down, put people behind masks, crucified small businesses, and the same people who loved being compliant, loved wearing the face mask, still want to wear it now, and now talking about freedom as if they somehow are championing freedom. They're the ones saying, we stand with the Ukrainian people, freedom for the Ukrainian people. When they were scooching along the street in a face mask and 14 visors, not two minutes ago. Look how quickly the news cycle changed. Look how quickly people forget all the things they were trying to make you feel frightened about five minutes ago and what they're now talking about and essentially question everything. But most importantly of all, remember what you think. Know who you are, know what you think, know what you believe in, and don't be swayed by the latest shiny, sparkly thing the media are trying to distract you with right now. Estimates are 50,000 Ukrainians will be dead or wounded, yeah. and that this is going to start a humanitarian crisis, a refugee crisis in Europe. We're talking yeah. about five million people yeah. that, that are going to be displaced. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking to hear what is going to happen. Yeah. Well, I'm scared of what's going to happen in, in Western Europe, too. Yeah. Wow. You know, you just, you plan a trip, you want to go there, I want to go to Italy for four years. I haven't been able to make it because of 
of uh, the pandemic, and now this, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, who's gonna, what's gonna happen there? Red-haired people don't have souls, okay? 50,000. Dead. You just, you plan a trip, you wanna go there? Why is it that Biden is willing to defend Ukraine's borders, but not the border of the United States of America? At what point does the administration say, you know what, the strategy isn't working, we're going to change strategies? Six former administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that I think the pick was made for political purposes, but in terms of governance, it, it's a disaster. It, it, it's a really terrifying uh, possibility. The fact that we've gotten this far and, and we're that close to this being a reality is crazy. Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. This is our 153rd episode, and it will play on uh, March 5, 2022. We do one a week over here, and uh, we're operating out of Northern California. Uh, I'm, I'm here, and uh, then we have Tanner uh, Martis from uh, Texas, who does the good part of it, the, the part that makes it sound really good and does all the techie part. So thank you, Tanner. And we're here tonight over in California. It's mild tonight, cool out, not too cool. It's kind of a spring feeling over here. We need some rain, but it doesn't look like we're going to get some. And uh, so we're thankful you're here. And we're going to be here for these shows are about six 20-minute segments with some clips in between talking segments, six 20-minute talking segments with some recorded clips in between that we think are helpful to you. Um, I think they're people that are smarter than I am, so I have them uh, sandwiched in uh, to give you the full meal deal and hope you like them. And so you can reach us a number of ways. We have a website, nohostagesradio.com, where all the episodes hang out, and we also have articles there that I've written for some local newspapers. Um, there also uh, is a Live with Lou Facebook page where we post uh, the recorded podcast as well, Live with Lou Facebook page, and uh, that's connected to a Live with Lou radio show that happens every Saturday. This this podcast pops up on Saturday morning, and we do a live show left coast time from 10 to 1 in the morning, or starting in the morning, 10 to 1, and... Uh, so you can reach us if you like to listen to a live show. You can listen uh, online uh, on any of your devices by going to live365.com. Just click on radio and then put in KMYC. That's the call letters for the radio station, KMYC. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, there's a number of ways you can do it. You can 
uh, text me or call me at 530-713-1838. Again, 530-713-1838. You can leave a message for me there. Or you could email me at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Once again, lou at nohostagesradio.com. Feel free to uh, connect. Uh, I will respond to you, and um, if you have ideas for me, information I missed, or would like, you think I, oh, I think Lou would like to listen to this, watch this, include it maybe on the show, feel free, and we'll, uh, I appreciate all the help I can get, actually, because uh, I'm busy, just like you are, so if you run into something, in fact, before just before the show, I was talking to Bill, and he said, Lou, I just wanted to get you this to you, and it's really important. And uh, so he did it, and I'll have it for uh, the live show on uh, Saturday morning. So I want to mention a couple things to start off with, uh, things that are coming up that I think are very important. Um, One of them is it's coming up, uh, the number one that's coming up first, I should say, is uh, a fundraiser for the, if I can find it here, I'm scrolling up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, it's a fundraiser for the Republican Central Committee of Yuba County, and they're going to use that money. They don't have any employees, so they use all the money to help get good candidates elected, help explain and promote uh, measures that are good for us and work against measures that are bad for us. And uh, get people registered to vote, get people active, etc. So uh, Yuba County Republican Central Committee is having a Lincoln Day dinner on March 26th of 2022. Doors open at 530. It's a peach peach tree country club uh, facilities there, just outside of Marysville. Very easy to get to. Nice, nice venue. Uh, Not a big venue. But uh, they're going to have a dinner and a big auction and raise some money to help people get elected that they believe in. So you can go to their website and find out all the details, and I will give that to you. Here it is, YubaCountyRCC.org, YubaCountyRCC.org. Very easy. They also meet on the third Tuesday night of each month. Um to discuss important matters having to do with who's going to rule over us. And that's at Hallwood Church at 2825 Highway 20, and just outside of Marysville, about six miles east of Marysville. Six minutes, six miles, 2825 Highway 20, right across from Cordova School, Hallwood Church. And so they get going there at 630 with a little kind of a warm-up, and then 7 o'clock the meeting launches. So check it out and get involved. Do something. Just don't go to meetings, but get involved. Everybody can contribute in some way. Make phone calls, go over registration rolls, uh, put out signs for candidates. There's just a ton of things to do. I wanted to mention also that I think I mentioned last week that I heard or maybe I read that Apple Bistro uh, up in El Dorado County, and uh, it's at 274 Zero Highway 50, Placerville, California. Again, that's in El Dorado County, and uh, they are been they've been fighting five supervisors. They've been fighting their government 
and and they're trying to punish them, even though all the businesses are now open that could stay alive. Apple Bistro didn't didn't feel like it was uh, right for them to close for a number of reasons. So they stayed open. But at last week, I think I mentioned that they finally closed them, the government. But I was at a meeting last night, a midweek Freedom Co. meeting, Freedom Coalition Network. And I was informed that they didn't close. They still are open. So good for them. And uh, that's uh, the Apple Bistro. It's a beautiful place overlooking Sierra Nevada, Nevada Mountain Range, 274. 40 high, uh, highway 50 Placerville, California 95667 what i like you to do because she is throwing down and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees fighting her uh, fight and she's got all kinds of fines built up against her i hope she doesn't have to pay a nickel i hope she ends up suing the five supervisors and teach them a lesson but if you could send her some money if you if you're too far away to go and frequent her restaurant oh by the way you have to bring cash to the restaurant because they've shut down all her abilities to use a credit card if you if you have any uh, notion that we are not living under communist rule or totalitarian rule you need to go up and uh, talk to this lady so if you want to send her a gift a financial gift she could take a check i'm sure she can bank it or uh, any other type of financing. 2740-2740, Highway 50, Placerville, California. You could either send it to Jeanette Waldow, or Waldo, W-A-L-D-O-W, W-A-L-D-O-W, just write it out to her, Jeanette. Uh, or you could send it to the Apple Bistro. I hate to have her pay taxes on a gift. So anyway, uh, let's let's stand together with her. Uh, we have a few of these patriots that are still carrying on the fight because now it's just an ego fight for the government because now we all know that they lied to us, right? They ripped us off. They lied to us. Or they were too stupid at the supervisorial level to figure it out. So they just went along to get along and expected the, the state government to cover their little rear end. So uh, that's that. The other thing I wanted to mention is uh, there's an event come up that that the that the date got changed on because of a health crisis. So there was a team of people putting together these constitutional trainings for they're open to anybody, but they are really focused on law enforcement and political elected officials. But anybody's welcome, and everybody could learn from a full day of teaching about the Constitution. But a couple of the best people uh, we have, and that's Chris Ann Hall, who's been doing it for years after she was a prosecutor for the state of Florida. And uh, now she's doing full-time training anywhere to, from, a, from a club to a, to a class to a Patriots group, anywhere. Chris Ann Hall, she has an online school. Uh, called Liberty University. Chris Ann Hall is her name, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E, Hall. And then there's Sheriff Richard Mack, who started the uh, Constitutional Law Enforcement Organization. And they are both going to be speaking. And and, uh, there were a number of venues. They were going to have a day here, a day there, a day here, a day there, going up and down the North State. And uh, a couple of the organizers are a couple, and uh, it's a married couple, And I think the wife has uh, a severe illness and and it got in the way and they couldn't continue to organize it with their other other organizers. So they had to cut back and 
And so they're uh, merging some of the venues. So they're merging North Highlands venue in Sacramento and the Sutter County venue at uh, just north of Yuba City at Church of Glad Tidings. They're merging those and having one meeting instead of April 1 and April 2. They're having both of them on April 2, which is a Saturday instead of a Friday. So that's positives for some people, negatives for others. That's true of anything, right? So um, you can register for that very easily um, by going to Gorilla, G-O-R-I-L-L-A, like the animal, the gorilla, G-O-R, not gorilla, like gorilla warfare, gorilla, G-O-R-I-L-L-A, Learning Institute, gorillalearninginstitute.org backslash CSPOA, and you can register right there. Or you could just get to the .org, and they'll still have it listed there. So you could register online. It's a $49 fee. It starts, uh, registration starts from 7, at 7.30 in the morning. The event starts at 8.30, so any, any time between 7.30 and 8.30, slide in there. The $49 uh, is a full day of training plus lunch. It includes lunch. And includes all your training materials. So you're not just going to get a talking head, but you're going to get a booklet probably or a three-ring binder to take notes in. This is something that that, uh, they do not teach in law enforcement academies. Uh, I think they just don't get around to it or they have other priorities like teaching codes and laws and self-defense and in protocols and procedures and all that kind of stuff. There's plenty to teach to get law enforcement people ready. And uh, but this is going to prepare them to really understand what the oath of office means and what what a, being a constitutional uh, protector is. And also, this is why it makes sense for uh, people that are on school boards, people that are on uh, uh, city councils or boards of supervisors or wherever you're taking the oath of office. Uh, this is an opportunity for you. It's a one day event Saturday and it ends at four o'clock. So. Uh, that's pretty simple. So again, lunch is provided. You can't can't hardly beat that. That's pretty cheap education, and by some top people. I've heard Chris Ann Hall many times, uh, and she is wonderful. She's a wonderful teacher, and she really it's just not teaching dry constitution. She's giving you. She, you'll hear about Americans that are just amazing Americans that you've never heard of before, and she weaves that into her uh, their training. So uh, take that. So sign up, get signed up and come. So that's, oh, by the way, it's a locate. If you're new to this area, it's Glad Tidings in Sutter County or north of Yuba City is at 1179 Eager Road. It's right off Highway 99. It's sandwiched between Highway 99 and Live Oak Boulevard. Eager Road runs between. So 1179 Eager Road, right off the freeway. If you miss it, you'll drive right by it, north or south on 99, and you'll say, uh-oh, there it is. And you can go right down and do a U-turn and come back. So, okay, I wanted to get that to to you for stuff's going on. And, uh, okay, a lot of us, uh, there, there's a national effort going on put on by the Constitutional Law Group. U.S. Constitutional Law Group. U.S. That's Rick Martin's group. And um, Rick Martin organized along with another Martin, David Martin. They are not related, uh, closely related. We're all related if you go back far enough. But Rick and uh, David Martin wrote basically a complaint, a, cr- a criminal complaint 
against all the people that were behind the COVID fraud. And uh, so he wrote a complaint, David did, and submitted that to all the attorneys general of the United States of America. That's 50 of them. And, uh, and he also sent it to the Department of Justice. But then they took that same complaint and they added some doc, a document to it where you could submit it to your local district attorney. And uh, if you go on their website, it explains the whole thing. You can do it as an individual. You could do it as a group of people, uh, as, as a tea party, if you have a tea party, as a church, if, you have, if you're in a church, an activist church. Or you could just do it, a family member, a few family members. But you, um, all the information is there. There's a great video or two where you could read how to do it. And basically, you're, it's, like a, it's like if somebody came and did something to you on your property or did something to you and it was a crime uh, and there were no police involved, you could actually go and write up the complaint and take it to the district attorney and they would investigate it. So what we did here in the Yuba Sutter counties is we wrote up that we had the complaint that David Martin wrote. And then we had the, uh, the other document that uh, Rick Martin wrote and we put it together. We added our names to it. We got it notar- notarized and many of us, hundreds of us in the two counties or several counties actually up here that participated Uh, We submitted them to the district attorneys and we got different responses from each one. So I want to encourage you to go check that out because COVID isn't over because it really was never about COVID. COVID has been around probably since the the beginning of mankind and COVID's not going anywhere. You just uh, we've just all built up immunities to it. And but there's be a, there'll be another COVID in a few months. There always is. That's called the the common cold. But you just got uh, you got jacked around and punked. So now what we're trying to do, or what we will do, is we are going after all the people in our lives that ripped us off. Right? That's what we do in America. We we have a legal system to offer recourse when you've been damaged. So go to constitutionallawgroup.us, and you'll, you can read all about it, and you can actually do the whole thing right there. You can print off all the documents you need. You just go get it. You're, you're part of the document notarized, and you start at step one. There's about three steps now. So we're, we're down. I think we finished the first two steps, and now we got responses from one of the, our county's district attorney, Clint Curry. We got a written response that, that now I want to talk to him about. But in Sutter County, they didn't respond. Uh, at least they hadn't as of yesterday or the day before. And so uh, we're going to find out what happened there, and we're going to file another action for not responding because they don't have a right to not respond without consequences. You know, you have a right to do almost anything, right? But there are consequences. So I wanted to mention that to you as well. That's coming up. And uh, so uh, you you can make a, uh, you can make, sorry, I, I had my phone, I had my phone off and it's still making noise, crazy. Uh, okay. So I'm just down in the last couple of minutes. I was just going to see if I didn't have something else up here I could talk to you about for breaking something right in half here. Okay. So also uh, 
this uh, this isn't this event on the second for the sheriffs and police chiefs. It's actually for anybody in those in those departments. So it could be a patrolman, could be a police officer, it could be a sheriff's deputy, it could be a probation officer, it could be drug enforcement, CHP California Highway Patrol. Any of those uh, items, uh, any of those people could do that. So you're probably wondering, is this going to be recorded? Is this going to be simulcast? And I will have to tell you about that later. I don't, I can't answer that just off the top of my head. So, um, all right. I want to mention also that uh, really quickly that the, I just saw on YouTube that the California Republicans uh, in the state legislature are asking that about a dollar, that some of the gas taxes be set back, that that there'll be a holiday on gas taxes. I don't even notice the gas price in California is right at $5 where I live. And I think in the Bay, in the big cities, it's over $5. So the Republicans are asking, you know, a lot of that, a lot of the gas prices, uh, or a dollar something, dollar 27 or something is all taxes. And so uh, James Gallagher, our assemblyman in this area, the Yuba Sutter counties, is asking, he was kind of the spokesperson for the Republicans, uh, they're putting a bill together, they put it together, asking that there be a six-month holiday on a portion of that gas tax. So um, we'll see how that works, but it was good to see James taking a lead and uh, throwing down and and uh, working at trying to relieve some of the craziness now we need to take a break i'll I'll finish up on this i want to touch on this again with what what they're doing on the gas tax uh we're going to take a break here for a couple minutes we'll be right back hang in about in this nation. And I'm going to suggest that the fundamental conflict that is playing out across this great nation is a battle between power and liberty. The two are in fundamental conflict. We are seeing it every day. Vaccine mandates versus doctors and nurses. Mask mandates versus kids in school. Spotify versus Joe Rogan. GoFundMe versus Canadian truckers. Justin Trudeau. Let's pause for a second and observe that is the first time in recorded history that any Canadian has ever elicited that much of a response from any crowd on planet Earth. Okay, so I'm, uh, I am a natural doctor and I have 1,600 patients. Many are vaccinated, just to give you a little bit of backstory about my credibility. What I've seen so far and what I've learned is all information from physicians, medical physicians, um, natural physicians, 
and also um, immunization of virology doctors, things like that, um, and then also nurses. So what I'm about to share with you is the first vaccine, the second vaccine, and then the boosters and what it does to your body. The first vaccine, as it goes into your body, it has a small amount of saline and then a bunch of uh, ingredients that are very uh, catastrophic to your cellular system. What that does to your immune system, which is your beet bone marrow, your thymus gland, your spleen, and all other systems associated with your immune system, it decreases the ability to produce white blood cells by 50% from your first vaccine. Then eight weeks later, which is white blood cell reproductive system, so your ability to make another generation of white blood cells is eight weeks. That's why they set it up eight weeks later to hit it again. So you hit the white blood cell ability while it's down. So now what you do is now they are they 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 decrease the saline in the second one and they increase the uh, harmful ingredients. So now you have a shift in the ingredients. So they decrease the saline and increase. So now there's a shift. And then what they do is that second dose attacks your ability to make white blood cells by an additional 25%. So now you only have an, uh, white blood cell ability, like the ability to make white blood cells functioning at 25%. So you just wiped out 75% of your military and the ability to, to make that military. Then what they do is the set in the booster. The booster has 81 strands of foreign bacteria that your cells have never come across. So you don't have the antibodies to fight it, but you only have 25% of your white blood cell production to be able to fight it. So it's a losing battle. So then what you starts to happen is you start to get chronic inflammation that goes to the areas that you had, uh, you had predisposition. So if you were someone that has gut health issues, that's your area that it's gonna focus on. And you're gonna have inflammation in the gut health. If it's respiratory, if you have uh, tumor or cancer, or if you have say endometriosis, or you have a skin condition, whatever that is, it's gonna inflame that area because now the body has hit the sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight, and the body has is in a chronic uh, inflammatory state with a low immunity and a low immune response. Then you get your second booster. What the second booster has is it has eight strands of HIV. And now what that does is it completely shuts off your ability to make white blood cells. And if you Google what that disease is, it is HIV. So now we have people that are walking around with no immune system, no ability to make an immune system, 81 strands of foreign bacteria, and then also eight strands of foreign HIV, along with all the other harmful ingredients, and then they remove all the saline from the first and second booster. Now, to make matters worse, this, during this process, 20 to 30% of the population is gonna die every single series of this process. There's four series. They have three more boosters that are coming out. And the reason why is because once they make you so that your immune system can't make white blood cells anymore, you become dependent on the boosters to survive, just like someone becomes dependent on insulin. Big Pharma is looking for people that either die off to protect our uh, population control. And then those that don't die off, we will have reoccurring customers for life with the boosters so that they will be able to maintain income and collect the money back from all the funding that they put in to make these vaccines in the first place. So hope you um, hope that was helpful. I hope that you listen to this properly and 
I hope that you take the time to do your own critical thinking and just give it two to three years. Every single animal that was part that participated in this study for any of these vaccines had a 100% death rate. And I encourage you all to just take a moment, look around you and, um, and just wait it out. And let's just see what, uh, let, let nature take its course and let's just see what happens. Thank you. Okay, so I was talking about James Gallagher, and, and he was being a spokesperson. I think they were down in Los Angeles area. And um, so th if you think that the liberals in the state legislature are some, somehow just made had a bad judgment or made a mistake or they didn't realize it would get this bad, uh, you're really mistaken. You, you're misunderstanding the motives and the, the, uh, the mission of the liberals in the state of California. They don't, they want to raise that gas tax up to $10. Uh, Stephen Chu, uh, who was the head of the environment, let's see, not the department of energy. Uh, Stephen Chu said when he was head of that department for president Obama, he said that we needed to get the gas price up to about $9 a gallon uh, in order for pe to force people in off out of cars off, out of fossil cars fossil fuel cars and into electric cars so the the thing is the interesting thing most people don't know is electric cars actually are less green to create and maintain than a fossil fuel car and secondly about 20% of green uh, car drivers or electric car drivers are getting rid of their electric cars uh, because they're dissatisfied with them. So, uh, but but regardless of all that, the state uh, liberals in California uh, are are dead. Are heart? Uh, how should I say it? They are dead set against any fossil fuel vehicles of any kind anywhere. Farming, uh, gener you know, big pumps, wells, all kinds of stuff. They want to eliminate any fossil fuel operations and uh, they don't care how high the gas gets so if you ever thought of maybe you love to vote liberal it might give you pause if you want to stay in california otherwise you can go to some states that the gas is in two to three dollars a gallon so it's purposeful uh they're not making a mistake they didn't they didn't overdo it they didn't uh they didn't miscalculate. It's all very calculated and purposeful. So you need to just understand that. Okay. Uh, so anyway, back to the, uh, the law enforcement event in, in, encourage your law enforcement friends to come to it. And, uh, I think they'll really enjoy it. So, uh, all right. I wanted to, uh, look at something really quick. Uh, I've been, uh, concerned irritated and upset 
about the salaries of government. And if you remember during COVID, uh, most most of the offices in government were closed and they uh, continued to pay everybody like normal and they were expected to work from home, but not much work got done. And I can give you a lot of examples for that. You think, oh, Lou, how do you know? Well, I do know. And uh, but I don't I don't feel like I need to prove it to you. So but what I'm just telling you that not much work got done and it caused a huge hardship on the people in our community where people that were supposed to be counseling drug addicts and helping them get into rehabs and people were supposed to be doing uh, counseling of all kinds, troubled counseling, mental, mental health people, mentally ill people, all that kind of stuff. Um, they're just, you know, people just, they told them all stay home. And the reason was that uh, they were all going to get COVID and die, which is all a lie. We know that now. And, and if, if you still believe I don't really have any hope for you, and I don't even know why you're bothering to listen to the show if you still believe that, that it was a legit operation. But uh, originally, um, government jobs were much more steady, and uh, there was steady work year-round. And so, uh, whereas a lot of times back in the day, uh, you worked for several months of the year, and then maybe you went work, went to work somewhere else, or uh, construction was off a lot during during the winter. So, you know, steady work in government, it paid less, but it was steady. And uh, so you, you, you worked more throughout the year and came out better. And it had some uh, benefits to it, okay? So, but now with, uh, when, the government, when the government began, began to offer or okay their, their workers to be unionized, which even many liberal leaders didn't believe in that, you know, it's one thing to have private unions like construction unions and uh, truck driving unit unions and teamsters, all, all those kind of thing. Uh, you, you know, we have freedom in this country to unionize if you, if we want, but, um, but many people, even like Franklin uh, D Roosevelt did not believe that, that government employees should have the right to un- unionize. And uh, I, I firmly believe that I think it was a huge mistake. And what we have now is we don't have really public surface employees any longer it's you can't really claim to be public servants when you're getting a quarter of a million dollars a year to be a cop or uh or to you manage the charity of our of our county like they call them health and human services directors that's basically they're they're directing a charity and they're getting a quarter of a million dollars a year to do that now they say you know I always get a kick out of it when I'm reading a government like county uh, comments about pay and they'll say, well, you know, we're still below, uh, comparable pay. Well, they're not talking about the real world where we all work and have to go out and earn a living. They're talking about other government employees. So they're always wanted to be equitable. No, they don't want to be equitable with the residents of Yuba County or Sutter County. They want to be equitable with other, uh, government employees, so I just want to go over, you know, these, as I say, these are celebrities. They're not, they're not public servants. And so I just listed a few of, of Sutter counties. Now, um, we have a guy here named Hardeep Singh. He's a psychiatrist with Sutter County. He makes $610,000. I'm not even going to get into the change. I'm just going to call it round figures. I'm not rounding up. I'm just taking the first three figures, $610,000 a year, not for our whole career, a year. 
Hardeep Singh, Peter Cotserios, Cotserios, uh, gets a, a 472,000. These are psychiatrists at Sutter County uh, Behavioral Health. It's a bi-county behavioral health, so their salary shared between you and Sutter County. 472,000. Miriam Shariati, 320,000. Sandra Shank, 318,000. Then you have Steve Smith, who's the really a weak, weak leader. Uh, administrative officer for Sutter County makes a huge two hundred and eighty thousand uh, dollars. Then you have Gene Ferguson, uh, County Council, two hundred twenty-seven thousand. I think that person is now gone, and we have now have a new one. But I'm just trying to give you the amount of money. How about Nancy O'Hara? I think Nancy O'Hara may be gone as well. But it, it, I'm talking about the Director of Health and Human Services, basically a, a head of a charity. We just give away money there. Uh, 224 that's a quarter of a million dollars it's just tad under two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars uh to uh hand out money just manage people to give away money unbelievable so i i uh when you go over to the uh if you look at yuba county i'm i'm getting these figures off a, or of uh, a site called transparentcalifornia.org uh, you can find your county there your city there your agency there and uh, in the uh, the psychiatrists are listed under the Sutter County listing. <clears throat> their 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 fees are paid by both counties. But uh, when you look at Yuba County, they have a huge group of people that are what I call the quarter million dollar club. And uh, so I was going to suggest just a fun thing to do since these people all claim they're struggling, you know, and don't get paid enough. Uh, I'm going to give you. Uh, I'm going to give you two addresses, one for the Yuba County Board of Supervisors and one for the Sutter County Board of Supervisors. And I thought we'd do something fun. You know, really, uh, we're outvoted here. There's more people vote that are government employees, so they always vote themselves a raise, than there are people that vote out in the private sector, right? So what you can do is shame people. So the Yuba County Supervisors, you can mail to them at 915-8th, like the number 8, 8th Street, 915 8th Street, Marysville, 95901. And then Sutter County Board of Supervisors at 1160 Civic Center Boulevard, Yuba City, 95993. So what I thought we could do is uh, you could go on the transparentcalifornia.org and you could look up, you know, you could pick out any of these names. And I would just, what I was going to do is send maybe a, uh, just take a dollar, a greenback, a dollar, or maybe I could find a coupon like 15% off pizza or something like that. And we could put those in and just write a n- little note and just say, you know, I just noticed psychiatrist Hardeep Singh. And I, I, I just wanted to contribute and get some skin in the game to help pay him. Uh, I don't know whether 610,000 is going to help him. I don't know whether he can do it up here in Yuba County or Sutter County for that. So I just want to contribute, and I know I pay some taxes, but I I just want to pay some more, pay it forward. So, or you could just put a one dollar bill in there, or you could pay, you know, if if that was twenty uh, percent off on your next toilet paper buy, put that in there, a little coupon, right? And let's just send them over to the board of supervisors and just say, hey, I, I want to contribute to the quarter of a million dollar club. And uh, particularly, we might focus on Hardeep because I don't know how Hardeep got 610000 That guy, 
he's not only a psychiatrist, he's one wheeler dealer. <laughs> he's a wheeler dealer. And so uh, I'm just encouraging you. That's just something you can do. It's peaceful. Cost you a stamp, cost you an envelope, write a little note. Don't even need to type it. Just hand write it, hand print it on a blank piece of paper. You could write on the back of anything, maybe the backside of a, some kind of a solicitation. Just write something there. Say, hey, I just want to contribute to these, uh, the quarter million dollar club over there. And that's just a way we could say we're paying attention. You're just saying you're paying attention to them. And uh, so uh, just a, one, a little deal there. Okay, I'm going to get back here where I'm supposed to be. All right, so I want to, in, li- in line with this, uh, the Quarter Million Dollar Club, a few years ago, I had a guy call me from Gridley. He called her, texted her, emailed, contacted me, better statement. And he said, Lou, uh, he sent me the payroll of the Gridley uh, staff members that run the city. The city of Gridley is even smaller than Marysville. Marysville is about 3.4 square miles. Gridley was like 2.4 square miles. And they had a full-blown police department. And you know how much are, uh, I used to call him Diamond Dan. I can't even remember Diamond Dan's last name now. But I wrote an article about Diamond Dan. He was the police chief of, of just, all they did is police 2.4 square miles. Can you imagine? They had a fantastic budget, over a million dollars a mile. That, and Marysville's got the million-dollar mile club as well. It's just a very inefficient way of doing business. So I, I noted that Deputy Dan, uh, Police Chief Dan, or I call him Diamond Dan, uh, Chief Diamond Dan. He uh, was making, I think, over $300,000 a year to police 2.4 square miles. And uh, I, I talked about it on the radio. I wrote an article about it, and he quit. He just, he he retired. And, uh, and they were able to replace him at a lot less cost. Now, yeah, he went out and he retired and he got money from CalPERS. That's a California Public Employee Re- Re- Retirement System. And uh, But he left. And uh, I was shocked that it didn't take but just exposing the ripoff that he was and, um, and took advantage of the system. Now, I find more and more government people talking this way that they're just going to get all they can get. They just suck that tit until it's just worn sore. They just, they aren't going to, they're just going to get every, they're going to squeeze every drop that they can get. It's just, I don't know what gets into it. It's that, it's that welfare entitlement mentality. I don't care whether you're a firefighter, you're a cop, or you're, uh, you're the CAO. There's something about it. You just kind of, it's like a virus. It just gets in your system. And uh, you no longer, it's, it's no longer what John Kennedy, President Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. That, is, that died with Kennedy, baby. Yeah. So um, anyway, I wanted to tell you this story. This is unbelievable. The title of it is, they were lining their pockets for years. CalPERS, double dip audit came too late. And it says, um, retired police officer Steve Landy complained to the California Public Employment Retirement System back in 2016 that his police chief, now this is amazing, his police chief was working full-time, earning thousands a month while illegally collecting retirement benefits. In other words, he was double-dipping. It's the same way that Dan Flores does that. He do, he's got he's triple, triple and quadruple dipping, oh, Dan. 
and he's got jobs everywhere. He works for Marysville. He works for Sutter County. He's, he's all tied in selling his school and still trying to work in it with Sutter County, sell, sold it to Sutter County, and then tries to have his wife work in it, have his mother-in-law work in it, have him work in it, have him direct it. He's got, man, he's got more money streams than, than, than a, a pimp does. So anyway, it says uh, CalPERS audit team finally arrived five years later in May 2021. Last month, it said that sure enough, Landy's boss at Broadmoor Police Chief um, David Parenti was one of three police chiefs and a top commander in that department that defrauded the pension system for a decade together collecting as much as $2 million. Is that unbelievable? It was one of the largest abuses of retirement benefits in years, so egregious that the local district attorney is considering criminal charges. I wonder if my friend Diamond Dan did that. They were lining their pockets, said Landy, who joined the department himself in 2015 after retiring from San Francisco Police Department. He he said it was corruption at its finest. Anyway, tells a little bit about Cal Purse here. And then it told how these police chiefs, And it was a series of police chiefs did just exactly the same. They just learned their corruption from the guy. It's like, hey, you know, uh, my friend Bob Fischetti once told a story. We were on the air together when he was trying to teach me how to be on the air. And he told a story about working for a department store. And I don't know whether he caught somebody stealing that was an employee there and and he asked the guy, he said, how how come you how come you did this? And he said, well, everybody else does it. That was his deal. And so I don't know whether he was giving people back refunds on clothes. And, you know, anyway, there was a way that there was some scam that was going on. So uh, anyway, Calper said, oh, well, we didn't even get his his complaint from five years before. You know, just excuse incompetence. It's like, you know, people just won't accept responsibility. Record records show that Broadmoor, that's the name of the the little town, tiny little town outside of Daly City and down by San Francisco. They repaid $200,000 in back pension contributions. They weren't even making proper pension contributions. These little cities just run totally rogue. Anyway, uh, it says CalPERS audit found Parenti improperly increased his yearly annual retirement from $93,000 a year. Can you imagine retiring and living to your you're 150 years old, and every year you get $93,000 a year. Well, and, and he bumped it from 93000 to $152,292 a year. This is a police chief. And a whole bunch of police chiefs that worked for that department did exactly the same thing. They just, they went, they're going after all of them, right? Um, they're going after all of them. So this is what's going on in, in how people are ripping off CalPERS, and everybody is. Everybody is. Even the big dogs that run the investments of CalPERS. I mean, there's been people taking $500,000 payoffs, and it's unbelievable. Uh, rip, dipping into certain investments, and unbelievable. Uh, you know, there's no. they have 11 employees in that, that department. There's no reason that department should even be existing. Neither should the city of Marysville Police Department. I don't have anything against them as individuals or as a department. They just shouldn't exist. They're sucking the money, huge amount of money. It's costing over a million dollars a year just to have that little department and the, the Yuba County Sheriff's Department could just, it, it's just shocking. 
you can go up and down California and find huge cities that are beautiful, wonderful cities, way ahead of Marysville, no police departments. Vista, California, Laguna Niguel, all these. You can go, go on the San Diego uh, police website or the Orange County Sheriff's website, San Diego Sheriff's website, Orange County, and, and they'll have a list of all the cities that they serve that don't have a police department. And yet we're fighting to fund this one over here in Marysville. And uh, just it's just uh, we just spend for, you know, it's, it's keeping it together for nostalgia's sake. We have I, I don't know why we don't have an East Marysville and in a West Marysville. Let's, let's just have more duplication. So uh, anyway, that's the ripoff. And, and this is going on all over with CalPERS. There's I know all kinds of executives that have left U- Yuba City, Yuba County, Marysville. And uh, they were paying they were paying Bob Bindorf three hundred thousand dollars a year as an executive. They moved him on up for from CAO and moved they, uh, Mallon in there, Kevin Mallon, and they're paying Kevin two hundred. There's between the two of them, they're paying a half million dollars. We'll be right back. to be armed is not after the fighting has already started, morons. So you're saying the first time you want Joe Schmo picking up a firearm is when someone hands him a machine gun and tells him to point it at an advancing army? You think that's a smart play? How about this crap for brains? If you're invading a country, you can drop missiles and establish air control all you want. But unless you want to become the proud new owner of a desolate dirt pit inhabited by a family of cockroaches and not much else, eventually you're going to have to have a ground game and set up an occupying force. And that is awfully hard to do if everyone you're trying to control is armed to the teeth and already knows how to use it. The time for citizens to be armed and ready is before the shooting starts. Just like the time to have national sovereignty is before your borders get overrun by someone who's decided that your country is up for grabs. But for some reason, you guys only seem to care about borders and a nation's right to defend them when they're over there in Europe. You know, this country is in God we trust. We, you know, in the Bible, it talks about two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, they were destroyed. So there's a whole analysis, why were they destroyed? And most people say because of immorality. But that's not true, because the whole world was immoral. What was unique about them? And so what, the answer is they codified immorality into the law of the land. They made it the law. They normalized it. They said to God, we don't want your law. We're going to create our own laws. That's exactly what I've seen happen in this country. And so at this point, I think we're being given a gift from God. Every human being is being given a a binary choice. And here's the choice. Who are you going to bow down to? You're going to bow down to your creator who makes you every instant of time out of love, who protects you, who gives you fortitude, resilience, strength, who gives you, if you ask, the ability to deal with the unknown and the fears? Or are you going to bow down to sociopathic oligarchs, corrupt governments, 
and these golden calves of these vaccines and false promises. That is the choice that is being given to every individual. And the reason why I do these interviews is because there's a race here against time. One camp is a race to enslave us. Another is the awakening of human consciousness to understand what is really happening so that enough of us could rise up with uh, resistance, civil disobedience, nonviolent. We can say no to the mandates, say no to the masks, say no to the poison death shot. Don't is isolate yourself from the people you love. Take your kids out of these pagan schools who are destroying the souls of our of the next generation. Educate them on Judeo-Christian values at home or with like-minded parents. Resist. You know, we have some degree of freedom, but that was paid for by our grandparents. They stormed the beaches of Normandy and confronted fascism. The question is, will our children be free? The answer is, are we ready to sacrifice now? We, me and you, what are we doing? And so I'm, I'm ready to give up my life for this, and I'll tell you why. Um, you know, what's the difference if I live 20 years, 50 years, 100 years? In relation to the infinite, it's all insignificant. But the beauty of finite existence is that we have consciousness and we have free choice. And God gives us the ability to make certain choices so that we can develop a relationship with the eternal, with the infinite. I keep a close watch on this heart of mine. I keep my eyes wide open all the time. I keep the ends out for the tide that's fine. Because you're mine, I walk the line. Let me just tell you one more thing about this uh, this Broadmoor uh, Police Department just outside of Daly City. No reason Daly City or, or the city, the county of San Mateo couldn't take over this little nook. <laughs> That's all they got is a little nook down there to cash it in on. I think they have 4,000 people in this little Broadmoor. So they had this uh, another chief down there. There's a series of chiefs, as, as I mentioned, and one of them was Chief Love. It says Chief Love... Uh, continued in his job as chief after receiving his CalPERS pension. In other words, there's certain rules that govern if you can go back to work and how you go back to work temporarily and all those kind of things to do fill-in and all that kind of interim fill-in, all that kind of stuff. So chief, he continued love, chief love continued in his job after receiving his CalPERS pension. In other words, getting a check every month. And he also received a disability award of more than $100,000. So here you go. Uh, but he never stopped his Broadmoor paychecks. And then they had one, one guy was, they called him a ghost paycheck that they didn't even take time to get into. So this guy was getting a, a, week, a monthly paycheck from the city. He was getting a cow purse check for his retirement and he got more than a hundred thousand dollar payout on disability, but not bad enough disability to, to keep him from working. Is that unbelievable or what? These people are not giving, um, 
they're not doing the President Kennedy deal of seeing what you can do for your country. Uh, they're they're in it to skin it. They're in it to skin it. That's what they're in. That's what they're up to. Um, so okay, that actually that was from last week, and I just never got around to talking about it. And I just it's been bugging me ever since. I wanted to talk about it. Um, okay. So uh, we had a deal here recently where the um, you, we have a you know we have all kinds of arts in this for Northern California it's not bad right it's not it's not San Francisco or not LA or something but we have arts up here so we have we have college arts and we have theater we have a private theater operation and we have some religious theater operations and we have we have all kinds of things going but the Yuba Sutter Arts Center, Arts Council, they kind of they they have cornered a monopoly on government money, and they are the sole recipients, or the, they're the blessed, they're the anointed arts company. Uh, it's a monopoly, right? It, this is what they call crony capitalism at its finest, where the government shouldn't be involved in nonprofits. The Constitution never provided for it. But um, the the uh, government has got involved instead in in taking money by force. They don't uh, they take money by force, literally with the point of a gun, and that's called robbery. And then they turn around and and they're charitable with it, and so they give it to people that won't work. They give it to people that uh, that want to do good causes. It could there's a lot of good causes. I'm not I'm not quibbling with the cause. So they give it to the Arts Council. That's one of the many. It's like I'm not picking on the Arts Council. But it's one of the many uh, that the supervisors seem anointed. They feel anointed to give away my money. They take it from me by force. And so now if I went over to Don Blazer's house, I know where he lives. And if I took money out of his house by force and gave it to somebody else, even if I gave it to the Arts Council, he would have me arrested. Don't you know? You should know that. But they can do it because they're supervisors. They can take our money and give it to the Arts Council, and they will not be arrested. They plunder us, they call it. And so recently there there was a, uh, a you know, most people forget that government does this. So what, what drew this to attention of people in our town is that as the mask requirements and the uh, the supervisors made some statements that, hey, we can't force you businesses to not mandate this, that, and the other thing regarding COVID, but we encourage you to not do any mandates like have passports, vaccine passports, masks, all the nonsense, right? We encourage you to n- knock that off. But the Arts Council, uh, they they actually had the strongest uh, rules in town. If you wanted to attend one of their events, and even though you bought a ticket— uh, you had to have the shot, or if you didn't have the shot, you had to have a current, fresh, 72-hour uh, good bill of health on a PCR test, which we know is a fraud. Uh, we had You had to wear a mask that they permitted, and just any mask won't do. It, they prescribed the mask. That is a fraud. And uh, then you could come in. So people, all of a sudden, they... they got a lot of attention over that because a lot of people weren't vaccinated. They didn't want to wear a mask. And I thought, well, how, how, how do you get off t- telling me medical stuff that I got to do with my life? Right. You're not a doctor. 
And then people said, well, wait a minute, how, how are you funded? And they began to realize that Yuba City and Marysville, the city councils and Yuba County and Sutter County are funding these guys to the tune of maybe $10,000 a year, $5,000 a year. And then they go and get more money, like they, they get more, more tax money. They, they call them grants, but there is no Mr. and Mrs. Grant. That'd be you and me, the money down at the state and the federal. And so they get these grants, and then they get these local money. So they wanted to be, they wanted to be recognized by the two counties as the only arts council, the only arts group that could obtain state money because the state's not going to give it willy-nilly to a bunch of people. So some people have been opposing the fact that that we even give to the Arts Council, not not that there's anything wrong with it. You know, the the the, these liberals always come up with stupid excuses like what they did when people resisted uh, their covid rules is they blamed it on the Church of Glad Tidings which if you're not familiar with this area is is a, a church in the area that stands up for people's rights and uh it does seems a lot of other churches will not do like stand up and help people that are pregnant, help people that are addicted to heroin and, and, uh, help people that are coming out of prison and stuff. So, uh, glad tidings, uh, is a big target to, uh, attack. So the people, the leaders at the Yuba Sutter Arts Council started publicizing that, that they were under attack from the church of glad tidings. So amazing, isn't it? That's why you shouldn't believe that, that, uh, uh, Ukraine is um, is being trounced by evil Putin because those are the same people that told you that COVID was going to kill you. The same liars on the media. So the same liars in the media in, in Yuba Sutter County uh, uh, portrayed Glad Tidings as this bully, but we didn't even know what was going on. And I say we because I used to work out there and I'm still I still attend there, but I I'm not in leadership. I'm not employed there, but and nobody knew what was going on at the church. But they were blaming us. So anyway, the long and short of it is they went before both both uh, counties and got their money the other, over the last few weeks. They got their money. And uh, and the real, only reason I'm continuing to talk about it tonight uh, is that it's amazing to me. There There is a real illiteracy about our history and our government. And I don't care whether people are politicians or whatever they are. Few people understand. In fact, I was in a Freedom Co. meeting last night, and people weren't getting it there either. And they were wanting to talk about discrimination. And and our our founding fathers did not have a problem with discrimination. They thought if you wanted to have your own church service, you can have that flavor over there on that corner and a different flavor on that corner. And they they felt like leave people alone, let them do do life however they wanted. So my feeling is. I didn't care that there was all kinds of rules to get into the uh, the theater over there or the events. My only problem was what made it complicated and what made, makes it difficult is every time government sticks its nose into the the arena of the private sector, whether it's controlling businesses or managing businesses or telling businesses what time to open, what time to close, how much you have to pay people, how much insurance you ought to have, whether you got to have what you got to have this or how much you got to pay them after eight hours or 40 hours or whatever, all that nonsense. And then you t- they turn around and tell you, uh, then they turn around and give money to certain businesses and certain nonprofits and not to others. The same thing they did with COVID. 
They took all that COVID money and then they turned around and tried to soothe their conscience by giving a handful of businesses 20000 or 10000 or $5,000, but they didn't give anything to the majority of all the businesses they closed. But it soothes their conscience, and usually the people they gave to, they were personal friends of. Now, this is just on, on, it's just ongoing corruption, 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 and they, they just excuse it at the local level. At the federal level, they arrest people for these things. It's called quid pro quo. You scratch my back, I scratch your back. And so what we have guys like Dan Flores just has got his hand, and he's a supervisor for Sutter County. He's, he's just got his hand in, in everything, dipping money out of it. And so where you have, so they see no problem with this. This is so fascinating to me. You have a board of directors. Uh, you, you have a board over our county that manages all our funds and over our city that manages our tax funds to run the county and the city. That's what you're supposed to do. But instead, they start giving out to favorite little charities. And beyond that, the charities know how to get the money. They're not stupid. And the, and the boards of, of businesses. And so they get them to be on advisory boards or on uh, voting member boards. So the Yubisutter Arts Council, of the four entities that are given the money in the local area, they got a representative of each one of those entities as if they're a government outlet, this Yubisutter Arts Council. That is evil. That is... Uh, unethical it should be illegal to have men and women that are representing the board of supervisors of the two counties and the two cities be on that board and turn around and go over and vote at the supervisors meeting the city council meeting after they serve on that board and then they go over and vote to give themselves money people that's wrong the government of this United States was not designed to take care of charities. That would be the private sector's job. So that's what's going on. And so what's your recourse? People got really frustrated when when they just uh, basically the supervisors. I, I don't know whether maybe we got one vote to support the Constitution in both sets of supervisors. One vote, maybe. I know Seth Fuhrer on, on uh, Yuba County side, right? And some of my friends were really frustrated about that. And I, my, I said, don't be frustrated. Just vote the people that voted for the stupid action. Just vote them out of office. Work against them at the next election. Don Blazer, Andy Vasquez, uh, Gary Bradford, and Randy Fletcher, who's, uh, you know, stepping down. Some of them are stepping down, which is a good thing. But vote for people that are going to change those things. The only way you're going to get change is get rid of the people that continue to ignore your protests in the meeting. And I think in the Board of Supervisors in Sutter County, Matt Conant has, has traditionally shown himself to be a good farmer and a lousy elected official with no backbone. And and Flores is... is uh, you know my feelings about Flores, and I. Carm Baines is the same way. Baines is on the Arts Council and then turns around and, and gives his Arts Council money when he gets over on the other board. 
That is not, that's not legitimate. That's not legal. It's not right. And, um, and then you got Nick McKelly over there. The same thing. He just same old, he just the same old uh, DNA, the same old DNA, just covering for his boys, covering for the boys, criminal. You know, in, in, in outside of politics, we call that criminality. But they do it. They get away with it. The only way you, you're going to change it is to vote them out. You go and you, you bring up 5G. You bring up uh, their COVID response, their mask response, their Zoom, their, all the nonsense. Shutting down, you know, go to the school board, shutting down schools, and they just ignore you. You've got to vote them out. You've got you to organize and vote them out and try to vote somebody in that's actually get it most of these guys have never studied the constitution most of them cannot spell if i gave them a, if they didn't if i just give them a blank piece of paper most of them could not spell constitution right up first time they don't know what they're talking about they don't know what they're doing and they they lie because they take an oath to the constitution and violate that oath and there there are people now that are going to work to uh they're going to go after their indemnity bond or their indemnity insurance policy that protects them if they violate the Constitution. Taking that oath is not no small thing. I've taken that oath many times before. Uh, but it's if you violate that constitutional oath, it means something, and people can go and get payoffs from your insurance policy, and that's what started to that's beginning to happen, and it's going to happen with the DA's office. It may happen with the sheriff. It certainly is going to happen with the supervisors. It's already happening with the boards of, of uh, trustees at the school system. Marysville Joint Unified School System has already been served. And uh, so anyway, that's uh, that's that situation. So I'm just going to leave that because it, it's already done. And, uh, the, and, and so... Uh, but I'll tell you the nice thing about it. And again, I'm not working against any nonprofit organization, even those that I think are worthless. Uh, uh, actually, the Church of Glad Tidings that I'm involved in may do as much for the arts, uh, although the uh, the arts doesn't respect the Glad Tidings at all. I don't really care whether they do or not. But they they don't ask government for money, and they fund all their own art efforts themselves. So, uh, so anyway, I, I, uh, I think what we can do is just, uh, simply not, uh, cooperate. Like I told the supervisor, I talked to a couple supervisors at Yuba County and I just said, listen, I don't care if they could ask me to wear a condom to the, to the theater event, wear a mask, get jabbed. I just simply wouldn't go. And, and I'm okay with that. I'm not, it doesn't hurt. I'll go somewhere else to get my arts in if I need a dose of arts, uh, but I am not going to, I'm not going to comply in those areas. What makes it complicated is when the government gives these arts, they say, Oh, we like that art group, but we don't like that art group. Like they've not ever offered our art group at glad tidings, any money. I don't know whether they've given the acting company, which is another group in town, any money, but it, but all of a sudden, everybody is is begging like fish at, at feeding time in a in a fish farm, begging, and they're just stirring the waters, begging for money. We shouldn't allow that. Our government officials have created that, kissing up to them, right? They all they are is prostitutes and pimps. 
in this case, the supervisor prostitutes or pimps, and they're they're pimping out all these uh, people. And what do they do? Then when they when they run for office, they say, "Yeah, I, I was a big supporter of the arts." No, no, no. You took my money. You took my money and supported the arts. If you took it out of your po- wallet, then say it on your brochure. But don't say it when you sat on the board of the arts and spent my money. And your constituents' money. You didn't spend your own money. Every one of these people have more money than two and three times as much money as the average constituent they represent. And then they take, they they rip off the poor man that voted for them and give their money away instead of Carm Baines, who's a multimillionaire, he and his family, could give his own money away. Same way with Don Blazer. Same way with uh, Randy Fletcher. Same with all these people, McKellies, all of they can fund the arts themselves, but they don't. They think they're doing something special for the community when they take our own money, our money. They're not, it's not their money. It never becomes Sutter County's money or the government's money. It's not their money. They are stewards of it and they're, they're misusing that money. And I don't care how good they feel about it. I don't care how many people they fill the super, uh, Supervisor Chambers, listen, uh, some of the best and the brightest people in this country that founded our country said when we when people learn that they can vote themselves money, the country's over and it is over. It's going down fast. And that's why people like these chiefs down in Broadmoor, they know it's going down and they're just sucking and they're ripping off and they're stealing off the ship. (laughs) It's like the Titanic's going down and they're going to grab a crystal vase and they're going to throw it in their backpack. They're just ripping the thing off. They're just pissing away money every chance they get and ripping off everything they can. They get everything they can while they're in a supervisor. They'll they'll manipulate property. They'll manipulate zones. They'll get things okay. They'll make things harder for people to come in that they don't want to come in. They're totally corrupt. They think, oh, we're honest people. We're good old boys. You're not good old boys. You're corrupt. You're liars. You're drunks. You're a mess. You need to repent and come clean. Get off the board. If you're going to cheat, if you're going to connive, if you're going to play games, you need to get off the board. We'll be right back. We've got half a show to do yet. Okay, hang in there. We're getting a lot done. And I promise you, I said Dr. Fettuccini was going to, Dr. Dan, Bob, Bob, pardon me, Dr. Dan Fauci, Dr. Anthony Scalia, he's going to get 100 million vaccinations in arms. No joke. No joke. And we did that. And I'm serious. And that's what we've done. And I'm proud of the work we've done. I'm proud. My father, my mother from Scranton. They always told me, they said, if there's a bird on a fence and you got a rock, you kill two of the birds. Excuse me. You, b- 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 you kill the, you, you, there's two stones. But there's a reason. There's a reason. There's a reason for this. There's a reason education sucks. And it's the same reason that it will never, ever, ever be fixed. It's never going to get any better. Don't look for it. Be happy with what you got. 
because the owners of this country don't want that. I'm talking about the real owners now. The big, re the wealthy, that, the real owners, the big wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. Forget the politicians. They're, they're, they're an irrelevant. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media, media news, all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, <laughs> lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. That's right. You know something? They don't want people who are smart enough to sit around the kitchen table and figure out how badly they're getting fucked by a system that threw them overboard 30 years ago. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. Obedient workers. People who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork and just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay, the longer hours, the reduced benefits, the end of overtime, and the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it. And now they're coming for your social security money. They want your fucking retirement money. They want it back so they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. And you know something? They'll get it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this place. It's a big club and you ain't in it. <laughs> you and I are not in the big club. And by the way, it's the same big club they used to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long beating you over the head in their media telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged and nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. Good, honest, hard-working people, white collar, blue collar, doesn't matter what color shirt you have on. Good, honest, hard-working people continue, these are people of modest means, continue to elect these rich cocksuckers who don't give a fuck about them. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you at all, at all, at all. Man, you know? The form in which the story of slavery has reached most people today has been along the lines of the best-selling book and widely watched television miniseries, Roots, by Alex Haley. Challenged on the historical accuracy of Roots, Haley said, I tried to give my people a myth to live by. Contrary to the myths to live by, created by Alex Haley and others, Africans were by no means the innocents portrayed in Roots, baffled as to why white men were coming in and taking their people away in chains. On the contrary, the region of West Africa from which Kunta Kinte supposedly came was one of the great slave-trading regions of the continent, before, during, and after the white man arrived. It was Africans who enslaved their fellow Africans, selling some of these slaves to Europeans or to Arabs and keeping others for themselves. Even at the peak of the Atlantic slave trade, Africans retained more slaves for themselves than they sent to the Western Hemisphere. This pattern was not confined to West Africa, from which most slaves were sent to the Western Hemisphere. In East Africa, 
the Maasai were feared slave raiders, and other African tribes, either alone or in conjunction with Arabs, enslaved their more vulnerable neighbors. As late as 1891, it was reported that Manuema slavers had demoralized surrounding tribes, destroying crops, and famine reigned everywhere. Even in the early 20th century, Abyssinians were still raiding other Africans and carrying off slaves. It was 1922 before the British had gained sufficient control in Tanganyika to stamp out slavery there. Arabs were the leading slave raiders in East Africa, ranging over an area larger than all of Europe. The total number of slaves exported from East Africa during the 19th century has been estimated to be at least 2 million. Despite the impression created by Roots, during the era of the massive slave trade from West Africa, a white man was more likely to catch malaria in Africa than to catch slaves himself. The average life expectancy of a white man in the interior of sub-Saharan Africa at that time was less than one year. By and large, men from Europe or the Western Hemisphere came to the coasts of Africa, bought their slaves, and left as soon as possible. Even so, the death rates among the white crews of the ships carrying slaves to the Western Hemisphere were as high as the death rates among the slaves themselves. It was only much later, after quinine and other medical measures enabled Europeans to survive where there were tropical diseases, was it possible for them to invade Africa in force and establish empires there. But by then, the Atlantic slave trade had already been ended. During the era of that trade, Africa was largely ruled by Africans, who established the conditions under which slave sales took place. The crew of a slave ship was in no position to defy African rulers and their armies by going out across the land and capturing people willy-nilly. The stronger African peoples captured and enslaved the weaker peoples. The same pattern found over the centuries in Europe, Asia, the Western Hemisphere, and Polynesia. In Yasaland, the Ngoni and Yao swaggered over and terrorized other tribes. In Uganda, the Baganda made life miserable for their neighbors. And the Nioro and Hima of Ankol enslaved Toro women and children. The Tutsi dominated the Hutu in Rwanda. The Maasai lorded it over the Kikuyu and Kamba. And the latter, in turn, held the Indorobo in a kind of serfdom. It was precisely the fact that Europeans, except for the Portuguese, seldom participated in the raids that captured and enslaved Africans that enabled most people in Europe and the Americas to remain oblivious to the traumatic experience that this was, with some Africans committing suicide to avoid capture and wives being whipped as they tried to cling to their husbands or children. Historian David Brian Davis pointed out that Europeans had little contact with the actual process of enslavement, and that, as late as 1721, the Royal African Company asked its agents to investigate the modes of enslavement in the interior. Europeans typically saw only the end results, enslaved people being offered for sale on the coast. It was much the same story in the Ottoman Empire, where those who bought slaves had no idea what these slaves had been through before. I remember when I was a fetus, I used to sneak out at night when my mother was sleeping. <laughs> I thought to myself, you know, now's the time I should start stealing some stuff since I don't have any fingerprints. <laughs> Yeah.
Welcome back. I'm welcoming myself back. I had to go get a piece of paper that I forgot in the other room. All right. Um, I want to mention a couple people that uh, helped me, and thank you very much, that make this uh, show pro- possible, as well as the Live with Lou broadcast on Saturday. So that's All Power Services, and that's Will Fanning and Josh James, who, like their name says, they provide a service. And if you got any any uh, tool or device or vehicle that is powered, they can fix it. They'll fix that motorized part of it. Chainsaws, cars, trucks, off-road vehicles, uh, uh, watercraft, all kinds of stuff, weed eaters, anything. And uh, they are good at it, and they're not collecting broken tools and broken things and broken devices. They are taking them, fixing them, giving them back to you in better condition. So they also do custom welding and fabrication. That's hard to find at a good price, and uh, you should check them out. I'm amazed. I am not an expert at all that kind of stuff, but uh, I've seen the work, and I'm amazed. So you can reach them, and they're in South Yuba City. 1469 Stewart Road, and you can reach him at, by phone at 530-844-0347, 844-0347, or you can email them at allpower1469, that's their address, allpower1469 at gmail.com. Okay, so check them out, and um, you'll be happy. Tell them Lou sent you over there. Also, I want to mention uh, Dr. Cassidy. Dr. Cassidy and I are working on a couple of projects together. Uh, one is removing tattoos off people that uh, they have a tattoo in a visible area and they can't get a job or it's causing them problems with violence or maybe it's a gang tattoo, maybe it's just some, net, you know, a nothing burger, but it's uh, in the way. Distracts people, cause you to, it, it, it's defacing who you are trying to get a job, cutting into your action. If you want to get it off, you can. Uh, we'll help you get that off. I'll give you the number of Karen at Church of Glad Tidings. You can call out there Wednesday through Friday when she's there and talk to her about getting signed up. You want to get your tats removed almost for free. It's almost free. 530-671-3160. 530-671-3160. Extension 242. That's Karen, and she'll get you signed up. It's really easy. We treat you once a month until they're gone. And also, we're working on trying to save people from uh, overdoses, uh, which are literally happen every day around here. And uh, whether it's from fentapills, you thought I was going to say fentanyl, but there now we have pills that look like an oxy or a norco, but uh, it look just like that. And you think you're taking an oxy or norco, so you take a couple, just take the edge off, and uh, it's it's actually a fentapill, and it kills you. So uh, we're trying to get people some help before they die we don't we don't like that so dr joe cassidy works at peachtree health he's an expert on addiction uh you can call peachtree health at 530-749-3242 749-3242 if they can't if for some reason they say too busy they give you any excuse just text his number 530-682-8648-682-8648 text his number and we will uh, we'll hook you up there through, he'll make the appointment for you. Or if somehow you can't get a hold of anybody or they don't help you at the front end of Peachtree, just call me at 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838. We have some other people. We'll talk about them later. But uh, 
we will help you get whatever you need. Every addict is different. And so some people need one thing. They need maybe a, a residential rehab and others need something different. Okay. So, uh, we'll work with you and help, help that help you get straightened out. The other thing I want to mention is there's more and more ridiculous rules, uh, on schools. And, uh, my recommendation is to take your child out of school. And there's a lot of great private schools in our Yuba Sutter area, or you could homeschool your child. So there's two groups. There's arrow education, which is a, a support group uh, that that meets every Wednesday for a, a day of fun, uh, food, fun classes at Church of Glad Tidings campus, and you can uh, you can get in connection with them at going to the Church of Glad website, and then go hover over the word ministries, and Arrow Education will drop down. Click on that. You can get in touch with them. And you can get involved. Everybody's welcome. You don't have to have anything to do with the church. It's just you want to help uh, get help educating your kids, and you're going to do it at home. That's the home group, the home group people. And uh, then they, a bunch of people uh, out there also started a uh, private school called EPEC, E-P-E-C. And uh, it's temporarily housed at Glad Tidings because they couldn't find another building in town to get set up in last year. So this is their uh, second go around. And if you want to reach them, you go to the same thing, churchofgladtidings.com, hover over ministries. It'll drop down. I'll say Epic. And uh, you just go to their page. I'll explain everything about it, how how much it is, everything about it. You can email them at Epic, E-P-E-C, at churchofgladtidings.com. Or you could just dial 530-671-3160, extension 247. Now, I heard also that the, uh, well, I didn't hear it. I've talked to them. The uh, uh, Berkeys, Robert and or Bob and Susan Berkey are working with a team of people to launch a, a second high school or another high school in the area. Uh, it'll have a spiritual uh, a side to it, Christian. Um, and Dr. Berkey, who's an orthopedic surgeon here in town, he's it, basically is, is a, easing into retirement but uh, he i saw him the other day and he was saying lou i i want to do more than just educate kids give them the best education in town but i want to help them understand that their work is a calling in life and 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 i want to help them understand what their mission is in life so it sounds very exciting to me and very good so there's some good things coming in our community to replace the public education system or what i is more fittingly called the government propaganda system it's not teaching what they taught me when i grew up around here so if you want to check into epic which stands for uh embassy private educational center uh you can check them out or you can go to uh you can do arrow education i i the other day i was out there i don't know it was about six months ago i was out there working and they were on a wednesday and i think they had about 100 kids out there for a wednesday so they looked like they were having a good time to me and uh, so just some options. Also, uh, there's we're trying to get a, uh, a measure on the ballot, and that is the Education Freedom Act. But we it, I'm, I'm hoping it's not over now to get the signatures. Uh, we just had a certain amount of days to get enough signatures. So if you go to a website called CaliforniaSchoolChoice.org, you can read all about it. You can download a petition, sign a petition, send in the petition. You need to do it right away. And uh, it's it's a huge, I'm telling you, if I would have, 
if I'd be having kids right now, I would be on this big time because if this gets on the ballot and it passes, you're going to get $14,000 a year from the government. Instead of going to the public education system, it's going to follow the student to wherever the student will thrive the best. So it's a great deal. CaliforniaSchoolChoice.org. Go check it out and, uh, and get it on over there. Okay. Let's see. I mentioned, I mentioned Rick Martin to you. That's great. Okay. I want to read this by Aldous Huxley. You ever heard of Aldous, Aldous Huxley? Kind of an interesting first name, probably popular back in the early 1900s, late 1800s, Aldous. Uh, I read a book, the first time I ever heard of him, I went to uh, college and um, he, he wrote many books. I think he wrote over 50 books. Uh, in fact, the interesting is he died on the day that President Kennedy was assassinated. Um, he wrote over 50 books and uh, he wrote a book called Brave New World, Brave New World. And, and it was kind of his perspective on what a utopia might look like. So... Um, Interesting guy. If you ever want to read anything about him, he, he was he was experimenting with mescaline and LSD back in the 50s and 60s, early 50s, and uh, he thought it really helped him uh, get beyond his normal thinking patterns. And he, the interesting thing is when he, I think he got uh, esophageal cancer or something. That's how he died in the 60s, and he had his wife inject him with LSD. Uh, on his deathbed, I thought I've never heard that that before. That's a first, and I wondered what that would be like going into eternity loaded on LSD. So I wanted to read you this quote because it was meaningful to me. It said, "There will be." You remember? Uh, you've seen. You know, everybody's talking about 1984. Orson Welles and his books very prophetic about what's going on today. And so this is Aldous Huxley, and he says, There will be, in the, in the next generation or so, a pharmacological method of making people love their servitude and producing dictatorship uh, without tears, so to speak, producing a kind of painless concentration camp for entire societies, so that people will, in fact, have their liberties taken away from them, but will rather enjoy it because they will be distracted from any desire to rebel by propaganda or brainwashing or brainwashing enhanced by pharmacological methods. And this seems to be the final revolution. Now, Huxley died in uh, 1963. So pretty prophetic, right? The futurist. And so you might think, well, wow, how does pharmacological, how does, how's that going to change us or control us, right? Well, think about it. Right now, there's, uh, there's methods where they can put a small metal, tiny, tiny metal device in your pill, in a pill uh, that you take, and that can be monitored to make sure you're taking your pill and the doctor doesn't even have to see you because it can, it can pick up on the pill, the metal in the pill. And I, I, I just didn't hear about this. I actually saw the president of Pfizer, one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world, tell about this and so in other words they can track you by the device in t inside the little capsule you ever taken a little capsule of vitamins or whatever right capsules with the powder inside yeah and so now with the graphene oxide that's in the the jab 
and they're putting graphene oxide in food, and they're spraying graphene oxide in the atmosphere. If you've ever seen the, the, the trails uh, through the atmosphere, right? The chemtrails, that's graphene oxide. And as you get graphene oxide in your system, then the 5G system that's being installed in the Yuba-Sutter area, in spite of our protests, uh, city council people seem to know everything about everything. They're PhDs and everything. So they never take anybody's advice to maybe pause for a minute. They're going to wait, and then we'll have to take them all back out like we did the red light cameras once upon a time. But what, what he says, basically, listen, he says, in the next generation or so, a pharmacological method of making people love their servitude. They're going to manipulate you by um, uh, technology working on the chemicals in your system. That's why they just took, if you took the jab or the jabs and the boosters, they now have got control of your immune system. I had a guy from Loma Rica throw a fit and told me how stupid I was. I either said something or wrote something about the how the jab was going to change your DNA he said, it is not, it's not, it's MRNA. It's just a messenger. And I know all about it. I studied it and this is my field and you don't know what you're talking about. Now there's all kinds of articles that within literally hours, uh, even though the pharmaceutical companies swore that it was not going to change your DNA, it was going to stay in your meaty cells and it wasn't going to go into your DNA. It is now, everybody's agreeing that it's now manipulating the DNA. So Aldous Huxley said in the next generation or so, a pharmacological method of making people love their servitude and producing dictatorship without tears, so to speak, producing a kind of painless concentration camp for the entire society so that people will, in fact, have their liberties taken away from them, but will rather enjoy it. Did you notice how people rather enjoyed wearing a mask every day and just fit right into that and standing six feet apart and and giving up all their their big group, you know, going to the movie, going to their games, going to their gatherings, right? Fundraisers, all that stuff. And they'll kind of rather enjoy it because they will be distracted from any desire to rebel by propaganda or brainwashing or brainwashing enhanced by pharmacological methods. And this will be the final revolution. Miss this guy, man, he saw it. I don't know whether it was the mescaline or LSD he took, but he saw it. Now this is how crazy things are. Let's see. I don't know whether, do you believe I, I I'm amazed. Uh, and how many people are believing everything the media is telling them about poor Putin. And yet the very media that is telling them all this supposed truth, the inside scoop, even Fox News on Putin, how bad he is, are the same ones that told you that millions of you were going to die. And you needed to stay indoors and they were telling you how many cases every day and we needed to shut down the schools and they defended, they defended all this government malarkey for two years. They lied, 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 lied. We, they couldn't have done it. The social media groups shut down anybody that had anything to say that was truth against COVID, right? The same people that said all that, now you're all believing them about Putin, right 
And uh, I was just going to, uh, let's see. I'm going to see if I can find this real quick and just read you some things that a friend sent me, if I can see it. my I got a bad eye, and I'm going to have to get it repaired to see this. Here we go. So this is a little write-up on Russia, a different take on Russia. It said, Russia continues in special military operations in uh, to demilitarize and and do and, and denazify de- Ukraine. It says the Russian army does not occupy Ukrainian territory and taken and has taken all measures to preserve the lives and safety of the civilians there. The strikes are targeting military facilities on, only being carried out exclusively with high pre- precision weapons. We are witnessing an indi- unprecedented I'm trying to read this off my phone wave of lies fake news distorted and fabricated facts aimed at discrediting our actions Goebbels like that's propaganda style Goebbels style western propaganda was predictable that's the same thing we have with Crystal Martin here local she's our local Joseph Goebbels Trying to get you to take the jab and die. Says It says, it goes on, it cannot be trusted. Talking about the news. The public in Canada should understand that. They've been lied to as well. The truth is different. Crimes against humanity and violations of international humanitarian law are committed by the armed forces of Ukraine and such neo-Nazi groups as Azov, Right Sector, and others. The multiple evidence is available in open sources. The Ukrainian side is deploying multiple launch rocket systems and artillery in the courtyards of residential buildings, hospitals, schools, etc., etc., just like the Palestinians in, in, I'm saying, in Israel, even out of kindergartens. The armed forces of Ukraine, the nationalists and neo-Nazi groups use civilian infrastructure and populations as human shields. It is essential to understand the national, the rationale behind these actions. The Ukrainian authorities and its Western patrons are committing monstrous and inhuman provocations in order to put all the blame on Russia. In fact, the full responsibility for the destruction and innocent victims lies with the regime in Kiev. Almost done here and almost done with this section. The Russian army is fighting neither Ukraine nor the Ukrainians. The tanks declare Ukraine of Nazism and so and to demilitarize it will be accomplished. Anyway, it just goes on to say that really they're taking out bad people, criminals, etc., etc., 
Now, there, I have an article that talks about later about bioweapon operations that the United States has there that are being taken out. I'll be right back. takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. It's just a little medication. That's all it is. We're just going to sleep. We can kind of almost see the end. We're, we're vaccinating so very fast. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. I have never lied to you. Fully vaccinated people are at a very, very low risk of getting COVID-19. Therefore, if you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to be an ICU unit, and you're not going to die. You're okay. You're not going to, you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. We can kind of almost see the end. We're, we're vaccinating so very fast. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. We all must take our drink now. Help your children. Tell them everything's all right. Go ahead and drink. If you've got a drink, drink it up. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. We have all the vaccines we need. We just need our people to take it. A, for their own protection, for the protection of their family, but also to break the chain of transmission. You want to be a dead end to the virus. So when the virus gets to you, you stop it. You don't allow it to use you as the stepping stone to the next person. We all must take our drink now. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's just stepping over to the other side. That's all it is. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Quickly go to Miss um, uh, Nomani, um, thank you for being here. So um, I, I noticed your shirt. Uh, it says, I'm a mom, not a domestic terrorist. This is an issue that this committee has, has at least the Republicans have. Uh, once we learned about the memorandum from the attorney general, uh, memorandum targeting, you got it right there. Well, you got the letter right there from the school board association. But 
I'm just curious, do you think, uh, as, as someone who's been active in, in defending the rights of parents, moms and dads in, 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 in our schools, uh, are you nervous about these, this, this now because of a whistleblower who came forward and gave us the email sent from the FBI to agents around the country talking about this threat tag label being placed on parents? Are you nervous that that designation, that label, that tag may be now associated with your name? I know that we are now under surveillance as parents. We are seeing it in local authorities, state authorities, and federal authorities. And if everybody here is in agreement that they do not want surveillance and undue persecution of any human being, that should include parents. And I applaud you all for just being there for the mama bears and papa bears. Because you know what? We are in the trenches and we are fighting. And it was a mom, a mom in Fairfax County, Virginia, who revealed to us that Attorney General Merrick Garland's son-in-law is benefiting from the big tech company contracts with school boards. And so what I wanna encourage every parent to do is just be a Nancy Drew, Hardy Boy, whatever, whichever way it is, in your school district, file those Freedom of Information Act requests, and that's how we got the emails that traced exactly this school board letter to the White House. Madam Chair, I would just reiterate the, uh, the numerous times that Republicans have asked to have the Attorney General back. Remember his testimony that day said in no way were they treating parents as domestic terrorists, when in fact the day before he made that statement, that email went out to FBI agents around the country that said put this designation on moms and dads. So, uh, once again, we need the Attorney General back here to answer some critical questions. And frankly, what we really need is for him to rescind the memorandum and stop this process he has put in place that is targeting moms and dads. I can't help about the shape I'm in. I can't sing, I ain't pretty, and my legs are thin. But don't ask me what I think of you. I might not give the answer that you want me to. We're into our fifth uh, segment tonight. We have we do six, so uh, I want to continue to mention some of the people that helped me uh, stay on the air here. We don't have a huge we don't have a huge paid crew or a full time staff. We don't have anything. We have some people that are caring people that get paid a little bit of money to help me, and not too much. It's just a token of my appreciation for them, and and they they care about what they're doing. So we pay them. We pay the. Uh, to be on the air with the radio and and be on the websites and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I want to give these people credit. They're all wonderful people that are on the air with me, I uh, promote. They all have started their own businesses pretty much. They're they're uh they're the the very people that the government wants to I mean the global cabal government, the totalitarian world government wants to shut down their independent business people for the most part they're patriots they're honest people uh, some of them are are strong people of faith um, and they they are salt of the earth type people many of them have been in business for 30 40 years and they have huge wonderful reputations and they want to keep it that way so uh, one of them uh, is uh, a couple that I've got to know I've, I've known them from a distance for many years uh, but I've got to, and, and actually I used them in, the, in first in the 1980s and that thrifty rooter, thrifty rooter dot, uh, 
net thrifty if you want to look them up on the uh email or excuse me on the website and you can email them or text them off that website you can send them a message you can check off a few things that you need done at your place uh, you can write them a note there it's very simple they have a menu of all the wonderful things they do all the things that they can fix uh, regarding your property so thriftyrooter.net they've been in business over fit 40 years i think probably 45 to 50 years they are located uh they they work in a number of counties not just yuba sutter but they work out farther than that but they it'll tell you that on their website if you want to just dial them up old school they have uh uh dispatchers there to take your call 530-673-8201 that's 673-8201 these people are quality people they do a great job and uh Everybody needs a plumber sometime. And these guys are also uh, not just plumbers, but they also work on septic system, which is kind of a different niche, right? Not everybody does it. And they have the big tanks where they can pump out systems so they can really solve your problems quickly. So that's them. I also want to mention uh, Dave Greenitz Construction. Uh, Dave Greenitz and, and Ted Holmes with Plumbing Doctor and others, uh, we're all working together on this. Uh, Will Fanning with the All Power Services, we're working at uh, 612 East Street in Marysville we're rehabbing a building that's over 100 years old and uh, just making it we're going to make it brand new and we're housing students there to go on the mission field and go out into leadership and uh, but we're going to slick it all up and get ready to put a bunch of windows we bought a bunch of windows through Butta Cavoli Industries in Marysville and we're going to be installing them over there and and uh, then repainting that whole building making it look really sharp it's going to be a Beautiful, right on the main drag of Marysville. So uh, if you want to get involved in that, you can. Uh, but Dave Greenitz uh, helps us here, been helping me. He's one of the, my longest supporters, actually. And uh, so you can check him out at greenitzconstruction.com. That's green with E-T-Z on the end, greenitzconstruction.com, or Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page. You can look at his work there. Very, I know him, and I know some of his subcontractors. They're all good. And, uh, in fact, Greg Davey, one of his sub contractors that does all his painting is going to be working, uh, is heading up the paint job at, uh, E street. So if you want, uh, Dave to work for you, you can communicate with him off one of his platforms there that I just mentioned, or you can dial him up as well. Or you can text him at five, three, zero, six, eight, two, nine, six, zero, two. That's five, three, zero, six, eight, two, nine, six, zero, two. I always mention kitchens and baths, which is his sweet spot. But they do a lot of other things, remodeling as well. And he used to put in whole house fans, which this would be the time of year to throw in a whole house fan uh, because when it gets hot around here, it gets really hot if you're new to the area. And when those, if you've got central air conditioning in your house, it's going to get really expensive with PG&E. The rates are through the roof in California because they won't let them use fossil fuel anymore. And they're trying to shut down gas, and they're trying to shut down water-powered fuel. So you'd uh, be if you got a house, they could they could put a whole house fan in it to suck the hot air out and suck the cool air in. It would be worth it to you. So uh, in green is construction, and I'm going to leave it at that for a minute, and then we'll come back to the rest. Uh, let me get on down here and talk about. So um, let's see. I wanted to. Uh, touch on uh see if i can find it really quick i want to talk about the death tax and so i mentioned james gallagher earlier uh he is uh 
listed as a Republican, uh, and he, he you'll see him. It, I just stumbled across his YouTube clip where he's standing with a group of other supporters, and they're talking about uh, wanting to get the Democrats to waive some of the gas taxes to drop this gas price down about 50 cents, 50 cents or so. Uh, which isn't a huge help. I think they should waive all the gas taxes, which he claims is a dollar twenty-seven per gallon. Uh, so you know the, gut, the the government in California is the one that that forced gas ta- ca- gas prices up. And I'll tell you how they did it. They stopped. They're stopping fossil fuel extraction. California has some of the biggest reserves in the world. Uh, they they're also stopping uh, pipelines coming into California. It makes it very expensive to get fuel in here or even crude oil in here uh they have some refineries here but again the regulations in california to refine fuel here is very expensive and uh so it it wouldn't be it wouldn't i won't be surprised if we end up having to um have have a rationing of fuel here because of the difficulties in getting fuel into this even the trucks to haul the fuel many trucks in the united states now are no longer allowed in california and they, since they don't want to produce the fuel at our refineries in California, or they don't want to draw the the oil out of the ground, or they don't want to use ga- natural gas, it's just a big pain in the rear. So, um, so James Gallagher is doing something that I've been harping on. I'm not saying he's doing it because of me, but I am saying that James Gallagher and Jim Nielsen, who are representatives, Senator James Nielsen, Assemblyman James Gallagher. Neither of them are, uh, they're more of the wallflower uh, type. And uh, in this case, I'm very proud of James for standing up <clears throat> on on this gas thing. Uh, it's, it's a minimal thing to do, but they're doing it. But the other thing that happened where he endorsed Prop 19 in the last election in 2016, Prop 19 uh, ba- barely passed, and I'm sure... Uh, the votes that James swung helped it to pass. It actually removed protections on our taxes uh, that kept our taxes lower uh, than they used to be. And it went back to 1986. It's called the death tax. And that was when, when the last uh, of a generation died, uh, it made it, uh, easier for them to transfer the property whether it's a house or a farm or a business to the next generation once the last person died in that group to pass it on the next generation without egregious taxes it it maintained the tax basis of the property in other words the property did not get reassessed to go on to the next generation that was a that was the voters eliminated the death tax in 1986 so now in 19 in 2016 uh over the years legislators constantly put new propositions on the ballot to try to undermine what we used to call the prop 13 protections and then prop 218 and prop i can't remember the other one uh, 57 or something like that. Anyway, the bottom line is there were all these new protections to keep the taxes low on property. So people could keep property in their family and it say family farms and family businesses, and they wouldn't have to sell off the family home. So, uh, here's how it works. Here's how the new death tax works. And that's what James Gallagher, supposedly a Republican voted for. 
It's triggered on the date of the passing of the last surviving parent or grandparent. Their home or small business is then reassessed. The tax collector or the appraiser goes out and reassesses that like they may be like in, in this home I have, I bought it in 1987. And uh, so my assessment is based on the value of the home in 1987, which is about uh, one uh, sixth of what it's worth today. So if my home was worth, if it was appraised at its current value, I would have five or six times the taxes on this home. So the home and and small business is then reassessed to current market value. And, and then their children or grandchildren are hit with what they call the death tax. They have to pay a bunch of taxes on just because a person died. They had already paid taxes for years on the property. They paid taxes every single year on that property. Plus they paid taxes on the money that they bought the property with. Right? So this is a massive increase in actual property tax bill. It's called the death tax. The kids didn't die, but mom and dad did, or grandpa or grandma did, and they were the last surviving member of that generation. And so when they wanted to give that to their kids, now the kids get slammed. Well, the other the other thing to preserve any kind of savings on this property is the the family can't own that property without living on it. So now the kids got to, maybe if the kids were living in Florida and they started out in California, but now they live in Florida because their business and then grandpa dies and he's got a farm. They have to completely leave Florida and move out here and, and settle on that property, live in the house, or they don't get any benefits. So uh, it says, not only has the death tax upended the estate plan of parents and grandparents, their children and grandchildren are just now learning of the devastating effects of Prop 19. Even those who wish to move into an inherited home are not protected from higher, higher taxes. In one recent call to Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, a grieving child <coughs> told us about the home his parents purchased in Alameda County many, many years ago in an area that has now become quite desirable. His mother passed that year, last year, and the one-year deadline is fast approaching for his decision on whether he will move in or not. In other words, if he's got to move in to get some benefit. His new tax bill will be 16000 per year if he moves in and 26000 a year if he does not. He said he doesn't know if he can afford to keep the family home. Either way, isn't that sad? This is what is evil about our government. His only hope is if the repeal the death tax initiative gets on the November ballot and passes. The death tax threatens to gradually wipe out the availability and security of housing for renters. In other words, the, the value of the house goes up so high that renters can't afford to even rent it. Um, it says, as we reflect on the one-year anniversary of the death tax, which just happened in early February, it is clear that Californians are in need of restoration of the taxpayer protections that have been lost. The Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association understands the consequences of unaffordable property taxes, which is why we have introduced the repeal the death tax act for November, 2022 ballot. So, and that probably needs signatures as well. Uh, So uh, it's a huge thing. Now, if you want to, if you want to do if you own a home, this is a trippy thing that you can do and doesn't cost you a nickel. 
You can go on the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association website. I'm going to give you the initials. It's very simple. HJTA.org. HJTA.org. And there is a calculator on that website that you can you can calculate. You put in the year you bought your house and the value of your house. And then uh, they will calculate how much, um, like, for instance, mine would be 1987 and uh, how much I paid for the house. And then they will calculate how much my taxes would have been without the Prop 13 savings and how much they they have been with the Prop 13 savings. It is shocking. I mean, it is shocking. You may realize that you have saved $100,000 if you've owned your house for a while and uh, been getting a reduced benefit from Prop 13 savings. Now, this Prop 19 thing that that we ended up losing, I, I made a big deal about it, but I tell people I don't swing elections. All I do is try to explain people why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm not saying I'm always the best person to write. I'm just saying, come on, people. It just it, pretty soon you're not going to maybe you like California and you're older and you think I'm not going to get up and move now. But if you get you get whacked a couple more times on this high tax rate thing. You're going to lose everything. So um, anyway, that's California's. Now, if you want to go to HJTA.org and you want to sign the petition, you can probably sign it over there or get a petition and sign it and send it in. So that's to get this uh, repeal of the death tax on the uh, on the agenda, on the ballot, okay? Okay, uh, I, I saw this cool cartoon at, that's at the head of this article. So there's a, you know, how you go, go in the doctor, you get a tune-up, and you're sitting on the, you're sitting on the, cow, what do they call that thing, the gurney or whatever it is. And um, so the doctor's standing there with his clipboard, and the, the patient's sitting there, and the, he has an arrow right through the, from side to side of his head, arrow through the head. And the, the doctor's staring at him and he's staring at the doctor. And, and the doctor says, at first glance, I'd say you had an arrow through your head, but I'll, I'll run a COVID test on you just to make sure. <laughs> unbelievable. Is that how unbelievable this whole thing is? What a ripoff it is. I, I had a person the other day said, Lou, do you, can you get me a fake vaccine card? And I tried to because he said my mother-in-law is dying in the hospital and they will not allow me in to see my mother-in-law because I don't have a card, a shot card. Now, I saw a uh, a comment uh, every once in a while. You know how when you watch YouTube and all of a sudden they'll feed a, a new bunch of shows or YouTube features they haven't seen before maybe. So they've been feeding Dr. Fong Joseph Mingla Lu. That's our health doctor. They call her health doctor, but I call her the doctor of death. They had her speaking, and so I went back and I watched a few of her clips. They were speaking every week during COVID. And at this one deal, she was she was uh, smiling slightly and and her soft voice tongue lashing people for getting angry at the hospital and and going after some of the healthcare providers over there. And she was saying how they hadn't been kind and they needed to be kind and because the health care providers were doing the best they could. And I was saying, you are a damn liar. That's what you are. You're a liar. Because what they were doing at the hospital is everything was designed to maximize the amount of money 
In other words, they wanted to test everybody multiple times. Even if you were in there four or five days, they'd test you four or five times. And they were hoping they'd get a positive reading on a COVID test, even though it's fraudulent, because they were getting paid for every uh, diagnosis of COVID. They were getting paid for every PR, PCR test. They were getting paid if you put people on a ventilator. They were getting paid if you um, gave them rendisivir, and they were getting paid if you declared it a COVID death, and it would add up to about $100,000. And then they would say, you, if your dad or mom or brother or sister was in there dying of cancer on their last legs, so to speak, and you wanted to go say goodbye or pray for them or do whatever, you could not go in. Now, let me tell you, when you start jerking people around, that's what we call barbaric. When you when you are doing stuff, now, many of those nurses saw through the whole thing, the COVID fraud, and yet they had to follow policies and protocols. And, and uh, yeah, I know uh, uh, they're in a tough spot. I get it. But when, when that's your only mom that's your only mom or your only dad or your only spouse or your only aunt or uncle or whoever whoever that's your that's your person that you love very dearly and you cannot go in to see them because of all this nonsense yeah people are pissed people are big time pissed in fact i'm not over it yet and i'm gonna fight these people i'm gonna fight these people till they get what they deserve all these people whether it's doctor uh, doctor of death or uh, even though uh, her, her sidekick, Joseph Goebbels, the propaganda, Crystal Martin, who, who would take money to poison. Do you, do you understand that Crystal Martin is taking money and women are miscarri- miscarriaging their kids from taking a shot? When she was going, going after the, the, the email I saw, she was going after the Mexican community. And, uh, and so we got all kinds of, in fact, uh, Bill, one of the listeners, sent me a clip that I don't have time. I didn't have time to integrate into the, tonight. That Pfizer has 58 pages. I think it's 58 pages, and in those pages, a lot of them are all adverse effects that they fought. They fought in court to keep those pages from coming to surface for people to see them. They wanted to wait 75 years before they would be uh, released to the public. And now they're, they're released, and people are absolutely, absolutely freaking out. I'm going to be right back. We're going to finish up our last uh, clip here in a minute. Okay? Take the children and yourself and hide out in the cellar. Now the fighting will be close at hand. Don't believe the church and state. Everything they tell you, believe in me. We're doing good. You know, Brock and I, we did the deal. We got one, Obamacare, healthcare, two. We got infrastructure coming up, building bridges, three. We got the other thing with the, the other stuff that we did. Come on, you know it's true. And everybody's doing well. I'm peeing three times, middle of the night, like clockwork. Oh. President, President Kamala, I mean, Vice President, excuse me. It's not a bacterial war. It's a systemic poisoning war. And they're using chemical warfare against all of us. Have you in your, in your, in your years defined 
um, anything close to the atom seed of who and what they are. We know about the agencies, we understand the acronyms, but have you come close at all to identifying who and what they are? I haven't met these Luciferian people, wherever they may be. They hide because they fear the light of which I represent. Thank you, Dr. Dr. Young, uh, Chief Justice, and His Grace. Both, I knew that would incite His Grace. Uh, Chief Justice, please. Now, this is not, not a question. You said that uh, you'd heard that there was basically a plan to eliminate a third of the population. The colleague uh, the population of the world and the, the, Africa was the main target because the people there are worthless. Uh, I just want to say that a colleague of mine, and I make it clear when I say a colleague, someone I know professionally uh, who is very highly placed, he's not a friend, he's just someone I know who went to the conference at Davos just recently uh, and the people who go to Davos are the architects and controllers of money and the politics of the world and he came back and he said to me that it is a definite systematic plan because they have worked out they need to get rid of at least a third of the people on the earth and I said to him does that include me? And he said, no, it doesn't include you uh, because you're of European stock. You're one of us. Yeah, well, this, one this of is, them, these are not my words. These are Bill Gates' words. Yeah. Yeah, just just uh, Google Bill Gates and depopulization and sterilization. You'll, you'll hear out of his own mouth the plan. Yeah. And then if, if that's not enough for you, then listen to uh, uh, Henry Kissinger in his words where he talks about how this is a win-win situation and the mandation and mandating vaccines is part of the plan for depopulation. When he understands that the biggest fraud against this humanity, our humanity, is the fact that viruses have never been isolated. None. There is no measles virus. And once you understand the basic chemistry and biology of the fraud that they perpetuated on the human race. And each year, if you ever thought about this, why is there a new virus every year with a new name, with a similar types of symptomologies? This all started with the Third Reich. And Dr. Enders and the so-called viruses, I write about this in one of my books, A Second Thought About Viruses, Vaccines, and the HIV AIDS Hypothesis. And I'm not alone. Those who have been brave enough, who stood up, even Peter Gooseberg, Professor Peter Gooseberg, Duesberg at Berkeley University, a friend of mine, who wrote the book Inventing the AIDS virus lost all of his funding at the university. When the Nobel Prize winner 
for discovering the so-called HIV virus gets exiled to Beijing because he's changing his mind about the existence of a virus. This is how bad things are. Okay, here we go, our last go around here. I wanted to, uh, uh, let's see, where are we? Okay, before we get too close to the end, I want to make sure and honor those that are helping me again, and that is uh, Ali Universal Security. I was, uh, one, in fact, let, let me talk about them, and uh, Nellie Garcia, who was working late, 10, 10, 9 or 10, 1030, something like that. And she texted me and she got on the phone. She said, Hey, there's a guy over here at my building. And I didn't know whether she had somebody with her or what. Anyway, the guy was stealing propane tanks out of the propane company next to her building. And, uh, so, uh, she works, Nellie Garcia works at North Valley paralegal on 751 Sutter street in Yuba city. And so I was talking to her about it. So she said, you should mention it to, uh, Monty Hecker at Elite Universal Security, which I did the next morning and told him all about it. And uh, so we got this the second time now. We had Monty help uh, out Thrifty Rooter one day, and then now Monty was going to check in with, I think it's American, Amerigas or something like that, propane. Anyway, uh, but I wanted to mention Nellie because she helps out with this show, Nellie Garcia, who does great paralegal work. She's working night and day over there, literally. 751 Sutter Street, and you can reach her at 530-751-9289, and she can do nearly everything an attorney can do, but cheaper, better, easier, faster, and uh, do a great job for you. If she can't do it for some reason, if she's limited by the court, uh, she will tell you, and she'll recommend a good attorney for you. So the other person, uh, of course, is Monty Hecker, which uh, I, you know, every day, almost every day, uh, I'm running into a situation where people are being ripped off. Uh, people are breaking into their places. They're stealing from their store. They're they're ruining their business. They're they're camping in their bushes, stomping all their landscaping. They're uh, pooping in their doorway. I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on in our communities today. And it's because between go- government uh, legislatures that's supervises city council and state legislatures and the people voting for less uh, uh, punishment for certain crimes. They've opened a door to lawlessness. They've allowed lawlessness. It's always, I always told the police that they were just keeping a lid on this sucker until Jesus got back. But now they've been, their hands have been tied in so many ways and they can't even keep a lid on this sucker. And so now you need more and more businesses like a security business. And so that's what Monty Hecker does. Even though he's he started in Yuba County, they're all over Northern California now, but they're headquartered in Yuba County. So if you're listening to this show and you're in another county, uh, check with Monty 
Uh, I'll give you his phone number in a sec, and you could find out if he's got if he needs workers, and he will train you and put you to work in whatever county you're in. You don't have to move to Yuba County or Sutter County. You can just take on a job up there. So call him at 530-749-0280. That's 749-0280. Very simple. He also has dispatchers, so you can call almost any time and leave a message for him. Say, hey, I'm up here in uh, outer Slombodia, and I heard Lou said you might have a job up here. So give him a shout. He will train you. Uh, you might have to come down and get some training where he is, or they might be able to train you online with some classes. So you can check out their website at EliteUniversalSecurity.com, just their whole name, .com. Or you could go to API-Academy. There's the hyphen, you know, a little line halfway up, uh, API and a hyphen academy.com that's where they're schooling uh, some of their schooling opportunities so they'll list jobs there schooling there all that kind of stuff you can also get your concealed weapon permits through them you can learn how to use a taser you can learn how to use some of the chemical sprays they got a lot of services and they're really easy to work with so give them a shout and uh, and they will uh, get you squared away so i think i got everybody covered here so i want to go down here and uh, a few months ago, if I can find it really quick, uh, a few months ago, uh, Dr. Death went to the Board of Supervisors in Yuba County and wanted to them to take grant money to, uh, I'm, I'm almost, I'm looking here, I'm looking, I'm trying to find the spot. Here it is. So the uh, Dr. Death, who represents Sutter and Yuba County, is the uh, runs the health department and stuff. She went to Yuba County and said, "Hey, I want to I want you guys to take this uh, money, and um, and we, I want to go out and hire a bunch more uh, health uh, workers, and we're going to trace people that uh, that have COVID." And we're going to track and trace them and find out who they were with and all that kind of stuff. And Yuba County said, no, we're not interested. We're done with that. Uh, we're not interested in, in more people being hired and all that kind of stuff. So then she went over to Sutter County and they said, oh, we, we want to do that big time. All of, all of them said that except Mike Zegenmeyer. He voted no. So back on November 11th, this article was written and uh, written by David Wilson of the Appeal Democrat. I didn't, I wasn't at the meeting, but I heard about it and I was disappointed that they voted for it. But, uh, you know, a lot of times people say, well, it, it wasn't coming out of our own pot of money here locally. So it didn't affect our budget. Let me just tell you that every bit of money that's floating around the United States came from us, us citizens. So there's no free money, no free money. What we want to do is vote in people that will take less money from us because they're wasting almost all the money. They're almost wasting all the money. So the less they waste, that means they take less from us. It isn't like, oh, they're going to get be good stewards at some point. If you want to read, read through the, the four Gospels in the New Testament and read about the parables and the unjust stewards and all those kind of things that Jesus talked about, these guys that supervise the city council, they just don't have to answer to the constituents. They're going to have to answer to Jesus. So it says here that 282000 and change contract is federally funded and will not impact the county's general fund. So the health department director, uh, this is that gal that uh, gives away money, 
gets a quarter million dollars. She's a Leah Northrup said uh, that they're going to hire four contact tracers hyphen investigators. Come on. Think about that for a minute, folks. They are not investigators from the sheriff's department. Now we have social welfare investigators. I don't want anything to do with that ever. And that's why I have a no trespassing sign right in my front window because I will sue them. Uh, they hired four contract contract tracers backslash investigators and one supervisor. Uh, they're going to contact those who test positive for COVID-19. Now, when you test co- positive for COVID-19, nine times, 9.9 times out of 10, that's totally incorrect. But because of that, they're going to come and get into your business. And if they see kids in your house and they see this in your house and that in your house, if they get in your house, do not let them in your house without a warrant. They're going to mess with your business. They're going to tell you you're not responsible with your children. They're going to make it sound like you got typhoid fever. You got the yellow spots. You got smallpox. You got all the crap. And it's baloney. But they're going to tie you up. I'm telling you, once they get child welfare involved, you're in trouble. So they're going to they're going to see see who's testing positive. Then they're going to ask you all your close contacts with positive cases, and they're going to uh, they're going to provide you information with quarantine protocols. Now they did that with a gal in our church, and she. I don't know whether she was going to, they were going to stick something on her house and they, and she showed up and they just handed it to her and they said, you can't leave your property. And she was not sick. And she marched with that paper down to the Sutter County Sheriff's department and raised hell about it. Now, listen, these, these are investigators. The woman, this Northrop gal said the PHI contractors, are already trained in contact tracing and investigation and will not will not need to learn the county's protocol on and on and on listen people so what they did is they voted to give to take almost $300,000 right and to hire these people now Sutter County has over 1000 i think something like 1200 people full and part time it's a huge amount of people Many times investigators think, I mean, uh, leaders, people like uh, the the county administrator over there, an administrator of any of these departments, their sign of success in their minds is that they've grown the department and their budget is bigger because they want to do more, 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 more. Our founding fathers and yours truly speaking to you right now is all for small, 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 small. I would like to challenge both supervisors to cancel the health department. And if you think that your health in Sutter or Yuba County is dependent on the health department, you're just, you got a fantasy and you're dreaming. My health has nothing to do with our health department. They don't have anything to do with sewage. And, and they, they are not cleaning up water. They're not doing anything. We could get rid of that health department and be just as healthy. I've told you over and over again that if most of the government employees drop dead tomorrow, you wouldn't miss. You, it wouldn't affect your life one iota. One bit. It wouldn't affect your life. They're just doing nothing. They're doing 
program after program after program after program, needle programs like Dr. Death wanted to do. Now she's got a contact tracing. She's just going to come up with one program because they keep getting offered at every level of government. And thank God for the Yuba County supervisors that said, we don't want it. We don't care whether it doesn't cost us a nickel from our local pot. And so now do you know what happened? This was in November. This happened. They took almost $300,000 of taxpayers' money to run around and, and get and lose business. And, and they quoted in this article, David Wilson, the writer, quoted some of my friends that were over there, Sandra Malo, who is a very fine lady, and, and Courtney Ortega, very smart people, really smart people. They're actually smarter than those people up on the, on the board. And now this week, March 3rd, 2022, this article written by Corin Miller, the CDC scales back contact tracing recommendations to focus on high risk settings and groups. In other words, the CDC quietly it says quietly made the recommendation on February 28th when it updated its online page dedicated to case investigation and contact tracing. The new guidance veers away from the original goal of both tools to investigate and contact trace every case of COVID-19 initiated at the beginning of the pandemic. When it was introduced, the CDC estimated the U.S. would need about 100,000 contact tracers. Can you imagine a police state we got now? We got we got. We got armed people in every department. Health. We got health people packing weapons. We got EPA packing weapons. We got the police packing weapons, the sheriff packing weapons, the marshals packing weapons. We got all these people, CHP. Now we're going to do 100,000 contact tracers over the common cold. Oh, you tested positive. You had a fever. You had the sniffles. You coughed right? You had trouble breathing. And now we're going to go down and we're going to spend our time listing and networking and creating a pyramid of people of all the people you sneezed on, or you went to the movies with, or you had dinner with. It's just total idiotic nonsense. It's not, it says it's not just the CDC making these new recommendations for contact tracing New York city of all places. Once they got rid of de Blasio, the new mayor, is ending its contact tracing program in April, as reported by the New York Times. Some states, including Maine, Vermont, Massachusetts, have suspended or shifted. In other words, it's it's over. Uh, it was a big loser. The whole thing was a loser because it's, the only people dying of this doggone deal are aged, and they got a lot of other issues. They got what they call comorbidities. For you and Oliver and Linda, that means... They just didn't get a cold. They had a bad heart. They had diabetes. They had hepatitis C. They they had a bad liver for drinking too much, et cetera, et cetera. It's nonsense. So uh, uh, let's see what I want to do here. I got a few minutes, so I, I want to use it. Uh, I, I, I got to go up here. You know, so I have some people that say to me, Lou, you always talk about COVID. Listen, people, this our country's going down and they're using COVID to take away our freedoms. It isn't COVID. It's just a mechanism, right? It's just a mechanism. So what we have these people and the the 
the adverse effect website is so underreported. It's like one out of a hundred are reported. So we have a, a young woman, gorgeous young woman who died of blood clots to the brain, 52 years old, right after she took the JJ's shot. They're not even quibbling about it. They're agreeing that they killed her. Her husband is such a damn idiot that he, he says, well, you know, that's the price of, you know, if one out of 100,000 dies, I guess that's just the price of, I thought, man, dude, you must have a woman on the side that, that woman right there is a beautiful person looks like to me. And you just think it's no big deal that she died. So, you know, when we give these statistics, I just don't think people give a rip about the numbers. But we got, it says, according to data compiled by Our World and Data between December 14, 2021 and February 18, 2022, 18.36 million doses of the JJ vaccine vaccine were given. During that period, over 13,000 reports of blood clotting disorders happened. I want to read you this. I want to read you some people that died. Jessica Wilson, 37-year-old mother, died of blood clots after she received the, the COVID vaccine. And you know why she took it? Because she couldn't volunteer at her child's school. Isn't that amazing? Do you think the school gives a crap about her? They don't. They just jerked her around, and, and she wanted to be with her, her in, you know, very small child, and it killed her. Now we got a we got a motherless child. Just it's just totally sick. Emma Berkey, an 18 year old teen, was put on a respirator and underwent three brain surgeries from blood clots after receiving the JJ vaccine. This is the same vaccine. Emma Ann Van Geest, a healthy 35 year old, died of a brain hemorrhage 11 days after receiving JJ's COVID vaccine. Brad Malagari, healthy 43 year old father of seven experienced stroke from blood clots hours after receiving the vaccine stroke left him unable to walk unable to talk and with paralysis on the right side of his body a 30 year old man from california on april 8 2021 was hospitalized and treated for a blood clotting disorder he developed after the vaccine barbara buchanan developed blood clots in her lungs stomach and brain and throat six to eight days after receiving the vaccine she chose JJ because it was a one-dose shot and because experts declared the vaccine was safe after they lifted a 10-day pause. Kendra Lippy, a healthy 38-year-old woman, was diagnosed with severe blood clots that subsequently sent, her, sent most of her organs into failure. She also was left without most of her small intestine and with crippling medical bills. Sandra Jacobs, 60-year-old woman, died from blood clots after receiving JJ according to an autopsy report, and uh, on and on and on it goes. I asked last night in a small group of leaders at freedomco.net, Freedom Co. meeting uh, this week, and I said, any of you guys meeting people that have died from COVID shot? Everybody had. Oh, yeah. Everybody had. But what what are people going to do? Stand up and say, it killed me? Killed my husband, killed my wife, killed my kid, uh, you know, killed my child that I was carrying. How embarrassing, right? You believe the lie. Can you believe that the government lied to us? The medical community lied to us. The schools lied to us. The media lied to us. The uh, 
Google lied to us. Facebook lied. Apple lied. All, all the computer people lied. You've been scammed left and right, right? I talked to a guy that I've known for years, see him at the post office, and he said, Lou, I, I got COVID after I got the shot, and the shot almost killed me. He said I, it damaged my heart. It darn near blew my heart outside of my chest. It pounded so hard. And he said, I know number, he, he volunteered, I know numbers of people that have died from this shot. Think anybody's going to get held accountable? I don't know. You're going to go on that California, uh, not California, but constitutional law group dot U.S. website and, and maybe file an action, file a complaint, or you could just do nothing. Doing nothing got us where we are today. I want you to think about that. Doing nothing got us where we are today. That's it for tonight. We're calling it an evening and, uh, Do something good this week. All right. Take care. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Skies are blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed day and the dark sacred night, and I think to myself.